What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? What better way? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me in the host spotlight, the man, the myth, the Mark Francis. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Hey, good. We just shot hoops together downstairs on the new uh, basketball court. I had to stretch out the, the tired muscles. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, Go back to you're the a, you're form. a sneaky athletic boy. You you have what it takes. I have I'm very what it proud takes. of you. Just just good enough to be dangerous, but not good enough. <laughs> you know to, what they say around here. It, you know, just good enough. Uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for being here, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, joining us uh, for the first time in a good while here on Sermon Spotlight, uh, Pastor of Global Missions Scott, the Man McManigal. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, doing good. Good. Yeah, thanks good. for having me on. Yeah, dude, thanks for being in the pulpit uh, this past weekend. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Culminating in a, a very busy. Uh, exciting, eventful, what was it, 10 yeah. days, 12 yeah, days, whatever it was. Both of you, really, uh, yeah. helping pull that off. And I know I was on the receiving end of that as Global Church Week kind of came to a close. The missionaries were willing to come to youth group, come to Keystone and mm. share. And oh my goodness, it's yep. just, you, you get a 15-year-old's attention right away when mm. there's a bunch of strange people here. And so it was so awesome <laughs> to, to hear those stories. And the kids were coming up to the Global Church Partners at the end and asking them questions. And That's awesome. Man, it was so cool. The infusion... They can do what we can't. Yeah. You know? yeah. The infusion of the visitors into the life of our church was one of the goals, and seeing it play out was awesome. Yeah. And yeah. so as we talk about the corporate gathering and the sermon and seeing still some of our Global Church Partners participating in the services, speaking in their native languages... Um, mm-hmm. giving testimonies, reading scripture, praying, just like they were any one of us in living in Winchester, but mm-hmm. just thrown right in. That was one of the beauties of just this specific Global Church Week, is just that infusion of being involved with youth, Keystone, seniors, women in the Word, community groups. You can go down the list. Mm-hmm. But then the corporate gatherings, I think, was a really neat culmination of the week. Mm-hmm. And um, seeing the faithfulness of God and just in their life, um, that what God is doing in their life is no different than how he works here in Winchester, which is, by the way, no different than how he's ever worked all throughout time. That's right. Sure. And that that's the beauty. And so I'm, I appreciate how you were able to really hit that home, Scott, mm. um, because that seeing that progress of coming out of the book of Acts and knowing that Mark Carey was calling us as a church to think through our own story and how has God been faithful in our own personal life, well, how can we look outside of ourselves? And we can look outside of ourselves by seeing how he works around us in our own church. Mm. But then we can look outside of ourselves globally. Mm. And now what we heard from this past weekend, man, we can look outside of just our own current dot in time, in the speck of time, and see how God has been faithful throughout mm-hmm. all eternity. Yep. And that's, that's mind-blowing. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Scott, this weekend you had the opportunity to... To teach and share a little bit about, you know, you shared about our missions program. You showed some very helpful graphics. One, one of which I, I loved how much stuff was on this graphic, Marco. I'm a graphics guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> the meta narrative context. Yeah. Uh, wh- why is that so important and fundamental to to our understanding of of church life in general, let alone missions? And what was it like for you to to discover the meta narrative or learn it for yourself? Yeah. And and Regardless of the context in which I've been with you, that's something you're you're bringing us back to often, and I, and I so appreciate yeah. that. Uh, it's <laughs> right. needed. Like unpack that a little bit. Yeah, it. Um, you know, when 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 it comes to Bible interpretation, you know, we always talk about each verse is in the context of a chapter, chapters in the context of a of a book. 
book is in the context of the Word of God. And then oftentimes, you know, as far as in terms of how broad our context goes, usually we go as far as dispensationalism. Well, and I, you know, I, I, I believe in dispensationalism, and I, you know, there's many uh, tenets of dispensationalism that are super important to keep in mind. Can you unpack that real quick? Yeah, dispensationalism, dispensationalism is, talks about that there's uh, seven distinct time periods. Dispensation is a time period. Mm -hmm. Time periods that lay out church history, and, you know, like in uh, the first dispensation was the dispensation of innocence when Adam and Eve were sinless. Mm -hmm. But the thing about dispensationalism that I think can be confusing is that each dispensation ends with sin and judgment, and then a new dispensation begins. Mm -hmm. And and I think it it has a tendency in people's minds to break up the eternal plan like God had a plan in this dispensation, oh, but it. then man messed it up, and it ends sure. in judgment, and so now he starts a new plan. Which is sin and the fall, and Adam and Eve, yeah. Noah, and the flood, and right. just progressing. Yeah. But it isn't true. Right. The, the reality is, is from before the foundations of the earth, there's only ever been one plan. Mm -hmm. Different time periods, um, different stages Prove, of the Proving different things. Of the plan. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so, to me, dispensationalism doesn't, doesn't maintain that that one grand story view, um, like the meta narrative context does, and so it just came from, you know, just I mean, this is how we unfold the Word of God. It's how we uh, equip pastors and church leaders to unfold God's Word for the church, and I think just through years and years and years of, of you know, of doing that, uh, teaching people through knowing God, and one of the main things that we're hammering in there is. Is this, you know, 2 Timothy 1.9 that says God's purpose and grace was bestowed upon us through Christ before time began. Like, it's mm -hmm. super important right. that we're beginning the context in the right place. And so mm -hmm. just after teaching through that over and over and over, it, I don't know, God just brought me to the place where, you know, I think I can, I think we can diagram this whole thing out, you know, mm -hmm. and just kind of see the big picture in one diagram, and that's, I think mm -hmm. that's what kind of led to it. So it's funny, because you're saying it's just kind of God leading you through teaching yeah. in, in throughout the world, global missions and yeah. creation of Christ or knowing God. Mm -hmm. um, but I know this diagram just kind of just came out of just the last few days. I mean, the, no, is um, this something that you've I've been working on? Because I've seen yeah. some of it. Right. And, and so... So it's it started what does that look for me. Like? It started a year and a half ago. Jim and I were in Ecuador, mm -hmm. and we were teaching a group of church leaders through um, establishing the church. Mm -hmm. And in our establishing the church material, we're talking about the content and the importance of unfolding the content foundationally and centered in Christ and the finished work of Christ. And and I had just taught a session, and then Jim was teaching a session, and I was just thinking about this big picture. As Jim was teaching, hmm. I, I wasn't listening. I was thinking more <laughs> about these other things, you know. And I just started diagramming it, mm -hmm. and and hmm. then just yeah, just kept working on it. Well, I love that because there was a lot on there, and yeah. I, I had some some friends of mine say, like, "Man, that that slide was so good. I didn't get it all. 
And I was like, welcome to the meta-narrative context, because yeah. yeah. you could stare at that graph for It is still in my notes. I'm pulling yeah. it up, looking at it yeah. right now, so yeah. it's still there. You can oh, zoom awesome, in man. and look at all those. There's a lot of scripture passages. And it's a view too. of God. Yeah. Like, the point of the graph is that the graph isn't gospel. We've made it. It's a tool. But it's yeah. to point to, like, okay, he's been doing stuff for a very long time, That's and it's right. all fulfilling his plan. He's mentioned this idea of dispensationalism, you know, in contrast to this covenant theology or this, or this idea that there was law and there was grace. There was more than meets the eye to that, and how yeah. God was interacting with his people, there are biblical grounds for understanding, okay, there, there was a difference here and a difference there, but all of it is accounted for. Yep. And the biggest argument against dispensationalism is a rejection of the meta narrative, saying, oh, God kept changing his mind. Right. Or, or mm-hmm. oh, you're saying we had the power to keep changing <clears throat> God's mind? No way, brother, that's mm-hmm. not what we're saying. No. We're no. saying the Bible tells us, yep. why would pre-fall in Genesis, they be under a covenant of law? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Right. There's no law yet. Right. Covenant of innocence. And then all these different things happen. And so the the more you learn the differences yeah. in the Bible, hopefully the more you see, huh, they have something in common. Yeah. And, and it's all this points, Jesus. It all points to the cross. Mm-hmm. And it all points to Jesus. That's right. And and that's the beauty of at least this yep. fun little diagram is that you, there are arrows and the arrows are still pointing to the cross. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so here we are post-cross and yep. we're still looking back to that. Right. And and if you were living in the time of pre-cross, you were still looking for a Messiah. Yeah. And, and, and here we are today just looking for his return, but mm-hmm. celebrating what he's done for us through the cross. Yeah. And in the past, they were looking for that, that hope and that Messiah yeah. to fulfill the prophets. Yeah. And so it's, it's really neat to kind of visually see it that, yes, yeah. it still all points to Christ. Right. And, and so uh, to go along with the visual, there's actual actually seven slides in the whole presentation that that builds up to the last like mm-hmm. i just showed the last slide mm-hmm. on in the services um just because i wanted to show the whole thing but there's a seven slide build up to it and i have a lesson that explains like explains the meta narrative and as you go through each mm-hmm. slide so if anybody you know would be interested in that, I'd mm-hmm. you know cool. be glad to put it out there. Yeah. What have you? And so we we heard throughout the week from our global church partners some of their yeah. updates and some of their testimonies. And over the weekend services, we heard some of their testimonies. A few of them referred to this. A few of them referred to the grace teachings yep. and how it really made an impact. I remember hearing um, Joshua Yakubu in the second service yep. share how he was obstinate. Mm-hmm. with this concept and with grace, and he fought it. Yep. <laughs> what, yep. what do you remember out of that? Because here he is now just a yeah. full advocate and is teaching to thousands, maybe millions of people with that. And he went so far to call, to call Scott a false teacher. <laughs> right. you know? No, he like called the... my dad a false teacher. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah Tim. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Tim, so, no, Tim. Yeah. But if, if you guys weren't in that second service, so the cool thing is that for all four services, there were four different testimonies. So yeah. it, depending on what service you attended this past weekend, right. you heard a different testimony. Sure. I'm just yeah. referring to Joshua because he really spoke clearly of yeah. this and reinforced it. What's your perspective on how you've seen people's minds and views of God change yeah. by understanding this. Uh, it's changed drastically, but there's been a change in how Jim and I, in, in our missions program, we go about laying it out for people. Back then, it was, you know, we were all, all of us came out of legalism, like mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where God, you know, used something in our in you know in our lives to open our eyes to 
grace, not just for justification, but for sanctification and our future glorification. And when you come out of legalism and your eyes are open to grace, like, man, now from that point on, anything that just smells of legalism, you're, you know, you get infuriated by. And, 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 and when you're just having your eyes open to, you don't, like, you don't understand how grace and good works, because clearly the Bible teaches us, you know, to live godly lives, to, um, you know, to seek to walk in the spirit, not the flesh. And, and obviously we want to live a godly life and manifest the life of Christ and the fruit of the spirit. So there's good, you know, obviously good works as a part of the Christian life. But when you first begin to have your eyes open to it coming out of legalism, you don't understand how the two fit together. Right. And, and so in, in the way that we used to try and open people's eyes to it was to teach it as a topic. Well, to many, like Joshua and Melissa back in Togo, it looked like you're just pulling verses together to support mm. your doctrine, you know, right. and that's how it mm. looked to them. Mm. But at the way we do it now is we, we, we unfold the story of God. Mm. You know, we begin at the beginning. We do it the way we, he did it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We teach through knowing God, and, mm-hmm. and, and you don't see a manifestation of God without grace being involved. Like, there is mm-hmm. an interaction between mm-hmm. God and man without grace being mm-hmm. involved. So now it becomes something that rather than we're glorying in instead of God <laughs> or instead of Christ, it's something that causes us to glorify God mm-hmm. because it's in the context of God's revelation of himself. Mm-hmm. And so in that, you know, in that way, yeah, I think it's a much healthier, holistic view of you know, God. I mean, grace is... It's you know it's part of the heart of God. It's part of the essence of who God is. It's mm-hmm. it's it's the thing that He says glorifies Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, their their lives, my life, you know, changed drastically. Their lives ch- have changed drastically. And it brings you to just such a sense of rest and yep. trust yep. and and hope yep. instead of fear and anxiety. Exactly. And am I doing the right thing? And am I pleasing God? And am I serving enough? And am I doing enough? There's just this rest that you can find. And and the main difference is, is, is that, you know, we still want to see the same obedience in our lives. The difference is, is I'm not trusting in my efforts to be obedient to Mm -hmm. obtain anything. I already am complete in Christ. I already Mm -hmm. am clothed with his righteousness. I already am, you know, it says in Hebrews 10, by one offering made holy forever. Like this Mm -hmm. is true of me because of the blood of Christ, now I seek to live a godly life because of who I am rather than it making well, it, me something. And that's the beautiful irony of it all is when we aren't reliant on our works, grace works. That's grace right. is what that's works. Right. And that's so right. we can actually see our global church partners, for example, you're saying you've seen a change in them. Right. And that's kind of a icing on the cake mentality because it's like, that's so great that, we, that you're demonstrating to us that you're changed, but we're not relying on your behavior. Yeah. We see it and praise God for that, but it's because of an understanding of grace, right? Are, are we to continue on in sin so that grace may abound? By no means, right? right. Galatians 5, for freedom. But, but the way that Paul answers that, yeah. how does he answer that? He answers it on, on the basis of identity. How, how shall we... we who are dead to sin still live mm-hmm. in it? And, and no one invests in a stock market they consider to be crashing. So if you know what it means to be dead to who you were, why live as if that's who, who you are? And Galatians 5, for freedom Christ to set us free. And then he says, stand firm. 
the biblical principle there. You're free. Yeah. Might not want to go too far because yeah. now you can stand in grace, right. and that's freedom. Yep. Tr- true freedom is not the absence of boundaries. It's the ability to fulfill created intent. And if we are living in grace, that is freedom. And then this church life thing, all of us coming together, relying on Christ's finished work, that's the beauty of it. And I love bringing this out because that's at the heart of the sermon of the overall eternal faithfulness Mm -hmm. of God that didn't quite come out. I mean, it came out, but man, we can unpack it now and, and know that like, okay, throughout all eternity, God is faithful, faithful to himself, faithful to his word, faithful to his people, and, th- and from that, you understand his character of love, mm-hmm. of grace, and that that is his heart for people. Which is Second Timothy 2, I, I think, Second uh, Timothy as well, I think, where he says he, he cannot deny himself. Right. So if we know his character and him being grace-based, it affirms that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and so hearing that from people around the world is just cool, and it's encouraging. Mm-hmm. And, and because you can, we can get stuck in our own little bubble. And so mm-hmm. knowing that you have firsthand relationships with all of these people who have come here and that you're working with them and, and seeing the change and seeing churches around the world being strengthened, mm-hmm. just like the book of Acts, mm-hmm. um, and, and seeing just the replication and multiplication of God's people growing and this understanding of who God is, that's encouraging. Yep. You know? And mm-hmm. so we can, we can know God is faithful throughout here in Winchester, but around the world is great. I mean, in my my personal story is I, I was a part of the planning process for months leading up to this, mm-hmm. and we were wrestling with even, okay, how can the Global Church Week fit? And God just pieced it all together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not any one of us that was like, this is the direction that we need to go. It mm-hmm. was a lot of prayer, a lot of emails back and forth, a lot of meetings saying, okay, what does God have for this week while visitors are here and this weekend service specifically? Um, So, I mean, I'll just say, Scott didn't come to us saying, oh yeah, this is, Mm -mm. this is what I want to talk about. This is my, this is my agenda. You know, it was just the, the work of God that worked with all of us leading to this point and this culmination of this weekend and what you were able to share, which you already had God's already put it on your heart and mind, but it just kind of came out. So yeah. the, seeing God in the planning process of months, and the timing of the way that it all this. came together could yes. have been more perfect. Like yes. you know, this spend the last year and a half going through Acts, and then it end right at that time. And yeah, it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so couldn't, it, have, couldn't have planned that out had, yeah. had we tried. And we can't give Mark Carey the credit either. Absolutely you know? not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I love it. He had a hand in it. We yes, always it wonder if he listens when he's not here. <laughs> yeah, we still yeah. don't know. <laughs> never, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Cool. Um, man, I'm trying to think of any what other else. Re- well, any other reaction from the week? Because yeah, I know that yeah. there, there is so much that went on, and I hope that all of you guys that were watching and listening were at least a part of it and connected in some way and were encouraged. Um, there's a lot that went behind the scenes, and the, the visitors, their reaction was very encouraging. Um, knowing that they were able just to see how God works through our church and being encouraged from attending those things. Even like the, the I don't know if you guys were able to go to the fellowship family meeting. Um, just That was just a cool time to, to see the visitors a part of that, having our church body just engulf them and thank them and pray for them. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a sermon reaction, but it's just, again, a culmination of the week mm-hmm. to me is just... Um, yeah, it's just encouraging. Yeah. And knowing that God is doing his work. Yep. Yeah. I love it. 
two questions for you, Scott, just in an effort to, you, you don't come here often, it'd be cool to learn some of this. One thing I've, I've been curious about, and I know your family well, but what role has Annette played in, in FBC Global Missions over the years? And, and I, I'd imagine she's traveled with you some and other times not. And yeah. what, what has her partnership with, with, with pastors' wives, or what does that look like um, yeah, over that, the years? Yeah, that mindset, like to me it's a mindset, it, it started back when we were in our village, uh, still in language study. Um, in Thailand? or In Thailand, okay. yeah. We were probably only in our second year of living in the village. And Trevor McElwain, who was the original New Tribes missionary that wrote the, okay. the whole chronological teaching, the creation of Christ and all that, he was an uh, international church planning consultant for New Tribes, and he came up to visit our... He came to Thailand to do a conference, but mm. came up to our, our village to visit our work, and he, at that time, really challenged us that, um, you know, of, of, of course, I'm going to be teaching and looking at raising up male leadership for the church, but he really challenged us that the church also needs female leadership, you know, that it needs a core group of women who are sound in the faith that can disciple other women and young women. And, like, that stuck, that stuck with us. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was the whole reason why um, Jim and Rachel, uh, right after they were first married, we invited them to come to Thailand and homeschool our kids for a year to free up Annette so, so that she could really focus on language study. Huh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had a couple other individuals that came to help with homeschooling. And, and like Annette, of, like of all the teams that we had, uh, tribal teams, tribal missionaries uh, on our field, Annette was one of maybe five women that completed Thai language study and completed the tribal language. Mm-hmm. and was able to minister to the kids and minister to the women uh, in the church. And so we've, we've held that as a high value. And, and so, you know, when we came back here to work in FBC's missions program, I really wanted to make Annette's involvement and involvement with the ladies a major part of that. Um, she's not, you know, as free to go along as, as I'd mm-hmm. like her to be. Sure. Um, but we definitely make it a priority when you know i think it needs to be a priority sure um and we've had um you know a number of those anytime we go to thailand she goes anytime where we go like it's if if it's going to be a regional leadership conference Mm -hmm. and the wives are coming we want to have specific separate times with the wives and Mm -hmm. so net will you know always go along and head head and not many people know about the current kind of role that some of the ladies at our church have with partnering with the other global partners yep can you just Briefly explain yeah, what that so looks like. Yeah, so we have right a, um, they call themselves the Grace, uh, the, the name has changed so many times. It's like what the Grace Leadership Team or Grace right, Ministry yeah, Team. Right, yeah, Grace like Women's that. Ministry or yeah. something like that. Mm. And um, they really, they they are the ones, you know, I, I, I tell them, you know, Jim and I are discipling the leaders. You guys are the ones that show them love. You know, mm. we're, they're, they're, just in contact with them they're finding mm-hmm. out prayer requests they they know everybody's birthdays and birthdays you know with so not families. necessarily travel contingent but just able right. to but zoom yeah. meetings though sure. they connect right over huh. and they of time. every time we go they send you know they'll send a, a gifts along for us to take to all the pastors and their wives um they they do a real support in in adding really adding a personal touch to mm-hmm. our involvement with everybody that we work with and we're wanting to expand their involvement to 
um, women connecting with women in the churches we're partnering with around the world to like study through knowing God together on mm-hmm. Zoom and and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, we have we have women here at FBC that have been through knowing God and and um, have really bought into the content and are excited about it and um, who would really you know enjoy being able to contribute to the establishment of right. some of these other churches by you know, being able to take other women through it. So, hmm. yeah, and that's, that's really kind of cool. putting together a list of women and, and we're putting the word out there with the churches. If they have hmm. any teen girls or pastor's wives or other women in the church that, you know, obviously they'd have to be proficient in English enough, but hmm. um, I, I, there's a lot of them out there. Hmm. And, it's uh, cool. So, yeah, I didn't know a lot of that. That's awesome. Here's your last question. It's kind of a fun one. I'd, I'd say it's hard to answer. I guess we'll see. It's a great question. It's from Emma Culler. It's not from me. That's Uh-oh. why the question's so good. Uh, she had a, one of her favorite weeks of all time, I think, working with the missionaries. But uh, you mentioned goodbyes are hard. Yeah. Who was your hardest goodbye this time, if you had to pick out of all the missionaries? And if you don't have an answer, that's okay. It's like picking a favorite kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like picking a favorite kid. But I don't know. I mean, you, you interacted with all of them, obviously. Yeah. You're, you're, you're sending them off. Right. Maybe you helped get them to the airport. Maybe you didn't. Did you have any conversation or interaction with one of them that just kind of grabbed your heart and it was like, man, like I feel the, I feel the goodbye tension here in a, in a profound way. I don't know. It's a great question. But. Yeah, it, um, we, because we spend a lot of time with all of them, mm-hmm. um, we, you know, both Jim and I feel very close you know, to mm-hmm. all of them. I don't know that there's any that I feel closer to, or sure. um, there's there's some that are going back into more difficult settings, mm-hmm. like the Nigerians going back into mm-hmm. what they face, uh, Joe and Ruby going back into what yeah. they face. Um, mm-hmm. That's difficult, knowing, yeah. you know, right. the hardship and the difficulty that they're going back to. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that's a good yeah. that's a good answer for sure. Anything else for this guy, MF? Should we point people to what what's to come and all that good stuff? Or, I, I mean, I feel like my my work is done. I know Global now that it's over, week, my yeah, you guys are both resting. Is yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I should be I'm grateful both of you are here mode. at all. If we're being yeah. honest, yeah, yes. it's been a it's been a busy time. I mean, but you know, but. the cool thing is that we do it all over again every single week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, every single week, yeah. and God has called us to that, and that's why we gather and we want to celebrate who he is and what he's done for us and mm-hmm. recognize the cross and mm. got to keep doing it. Could I mention one other thing about the meta-narrative yeah. context? Yeah. One of the things that I, I didn't get to you know, mm-hmm. expand on in the time that I had there is I, I did make mention of it. I don't know if it was in all the services. I know I'd mentioned it at least one. Just the importance of beginning your context in the right place. And the, you know, like, you know, if you begin, and this is where I've always begun my context in the past in Genesis 1, if you begin your context there, or you begin your context before the foundations of the earth with God predetermining this eternal plan of redemption that's on the basis of grace, depending on where you begin your context, it will lead you to a very different interpretation Mm -hmm. of all the Old Testament stories that we see. Hmm. When you begin in Genesis 1, it looks like God created everything perfect and upright, sinless, which he did, Mm -hmm. and that's how he expected it to stay. Mm -hmm. And then man messed it up. Okay, now God has to fix it somehow. It's adapting to us. But then Mm -hmm. as you go through all those Old Testament stories, God is always giving commands. Man is always failing and sinning and breaking the commands. 
and resulting in judgment. And you have example after example of that. And so it, it looks like God is constantly expecting man to be different. And when that's your perspective of God's view of man in the Old Testament, you will carry that right in mm-hmm. to the Christian life in the church age. Mm-hmm. But when you begin your context before the foundations of the earth with God good. predetermining an eternal plan of redemption on the basis of grace, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> giving us what we don't deserve before we even exist, then clearly we became all that he was expecting us to become. Yeah, it's accounted for. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then... The, the, all the examples of commands, breaking commands and judgment isn't because God was expecting us to be different, but it's because he knows how sinful we've become and how separated from him we are. The essence of who he is is love. He, it's, it's all for the purpose of showing us the seriousness of our sin and the, and, and, and the seriousness of, of how separated from God we've become. And if we don't turn to this eternal plan of redemption that he predetermined as the solution before the foundations of the earth, mm-hmm. we're going to spend eternity separated from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's about, you know, preparing us to spend eternity with him. Mm. And it's like it, 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 it gives you a totally different perspective, and I think a correct perspective of, of you know, the recording, why, why all those stories have been recorded for us. Well, it's, it's exactly how sovereign God is. He's not looking at the world going, oof, they yeah. just did that. Let me go back to the drawing board yeah, here, right, figure out what's going right. to go on. There were Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. Jesus came, he said two. Love God, love others. Study the Ten Commandments for 30 minutes, you'll realize the first three are about loving God, mm-hmm. the last seven are about loving others. Mm-hmm. He came to do what we couldn't. He said, here's the deal. And here's what I'm here to do, the, the fulfillment. And that's the, the kind of God you want. Yeah, right. That's the kind exactly. of God you want and that you yeah. can trust. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, but very cool. Scott, thank you for being here. Thank you You're for awesome. having me. MF, you know what it is, brother. Love it. Really good. As yep. a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform all over the place. Just type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that uh, Sunday services are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.